I'd just like to let you know that every time I hear that music, all I can hear is them saying one division. One division. <laughs> right? And it's just the way it's said. Like, that's all it is. Uh, that, that might be intentional? Completely and entirely possible, knowing these morons. Um, anyways, hey, um, we're here with a very different crew for everyone who's listening to the podcast. Um, we're here, myself and my good friend, Ryan McNeil from the matinee.ca and the matinee cast. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. Fun employment. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> I'd just like to let you know, I had never heard that term before, before coming here. You never heard what now? I've never heard anyone call it that fun employment. <laughs> oh, uh, our, our, our old friend, uh, Patula Neal used to call it fun employed. Uh, there's somebody else who always called it fun employed as well. Um, uh, it's not really that fun, but, uh, it's, it's one of those <laughs> things where it's just so stressful. You have to laugh. Otherwise you'll just lose your mind every morning. I mean, obviously, every version of it is very different, but my versions that I've had, I've found that they're generally fun for the first month. Where <laughs> you're like, you're like just so happy to not be at that job. <laughs> you're okay. Possibly, um, but I mean, but remind yourself, remind yourself factors. that I am a, I, I'm, I'm a, remind yourself, though, that I am a creature of habit, so losing a whole bunch of routines all at once has been a, a massive adjustment. <laughs> well, Ryan, we are here um, to discuss uh, a piece of entertainment, a piece of media, a piece of cinema that was brought into our homes via the Disney Plus and the MCU themselves, that being WandaVision. Um, not one division. Not One Direction, WandaVision, um, in which Wanda Maximoff and Vision, the wonderful stars of the Avengers movies, you know, those top tier people, Iron Man, we don't care about them anymore. It's all about the Scarlet Witch, um, are playing homebodies in the middle of nowhere. And it comes off entirely as old TV Americana. We've been talking back and forth about this show for the last few weeks. And then you just hit me and you're like, let's do a podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, dog, let's see what's happening. So I very much want you to kick me off in this direction because I have thoughts. You have thoughts. We all have feelings. I want you to start this out as well, I kick my table. I, I think the first thing that I really need to cop to is the fact that my show really doesn't cover a whole lot of superhero shenanigans. We do maybe one a year and we already spent that shell on wonder woman. So what did I do? But I was like, Hey, I want to talk about this, but not on my show. I'm going to get like somebody else's show and <laughs> we'll talk about it there. So I want to thank you for being a really gracious host as I basically invite myself over. Um, not a problem. As always, I'm happy to entertain all sorts of conversations because on top of everything else, I love telling people they're wrong. There we <laughs> it's early, so that may be possible. So, okay, we nobody, I think, really knew what exactly we were going to be getting ourselves into when Marvel Entertainment started producing television shows for Disney+. Plus. Like, we've seen them do stuff for... ABC, we've seen them do stuff for Netflix, and now that they have this whole other platform, they can really kind of up the up the the stakes. They not not the stakes of the actual shows themselves because that's a whole other conversation, but they can up the production value, they can up the talent, they can up everything they want to make it fit really well within the movies they've been cranking out for 10 years now. So this is now in a weird little twist of fate, this becomes the canary in the coal mine as to what Marvel will do in the long form television medium while using their, you know, their a squad. Now we can joke of, as much as we want about vision and Wanda, not exactly being a listers and really, and truly they're not. But when you get into actors like Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, we're a far cry from, 
you know, an entire series hanging around Clark Gregg, you know? I mean, it's always fun for me, like over the years of doing podcasts, caring about movies and television media, to hear actors talk about the division of that used to be of movie and TV acting. Mm-hmm. Of like, this was a thing that existed and how dare you ever cross this line? You yeah. lower yourself to be a TV person. Um, and then it's been so fun for me. Well, I don't know if fun's the right word. It's been so interesting for me to hear a lot of these actors talk about um, basically like being happy to get a TV show where they're like, oh my God, we have regular work for another three years because I'm now on this program that's never getting canceled. Not to say that this program, this film, this TV show is one of those because it's very much like uncertain to almost not happening for a lot of these to be renewed series. I feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, or at least that's the feeling of it right now, because on top of which, cause they're all linking into the, the movies where that's where the continuations will be for the most part. Um, and you talk about um, them having this platform to develop long form t- storytelling. I mean, it's, it's only around four movies in where I made the life decision to call the Marvel movies really a long form television series where it's just every year you get two episodes, right? It's, it's like what I grew up with anime OVAs where they'd be like, all right, we're pumping up the production content. So instead of getting a really rubbishy looking episode every week, you're going to get one episode a year and it's going to look fantastic. And you have to wait five years for the whole series to be done. Maybe, but I think watching this play out, this is, um, you know, I've, I've skirted around some of the other television shows from those networks we talked about from, you know, like I watched, I watched runaways. I watched, uh, I tried to watch agents of shield. I watched some of the Netflix shows and they didn't really ever seem to do what this store, like what this show wanted to do. This show for me, and I really did not expect this going in. This show really was more like a book. This show really was more like uh, a comic or, or, or like a print novel in terms of its pacing, in terms of its character development, in terms of the time that it wanted to give everybody like the, the valid criticism of a lot of these kinds of movies is you know, there's a lot of things that could probably be solved if some of these characters sat down and talked for 10 minutes. But the reality is when you're trying to put out a two hour movie, two hour and a half hour movie, whatever, you don't have that kind of time. You know, you don't have 45 minutes for Wanda and Agatha to go through her entire history of trauma to get to the core of why she's doing this now. So this series this story playing out over i believe all in it comes in at about six hours um it feels and plays very 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 differently than what else we've seen over the last 10 years like i do understand your logic of these movies are really episodic like they really are cars on a train that just keep on moving and and further this whole big thing this does not feel like one of those cars on the train. And I think that was why I wanted to talk about it. Cause I was expecting it just to be a car on the train. This felt a lot more like a singular story that will inform some other stuff, but is not necessarily needed to understand everything that came before and will come after. I mean, so you say a lot of things there that I I agree with in principle, that this feels like a lot, this feels like a real comic run, like one of those, one of those um, omnibuses you would pick up that would be like, this is the complete arc of like one thing we wrote over the period of four years. Well, no, actually, what I was thinking is this feels more like comic book series will do these kinds of stories once in a while where they will go off on a tangent for something like 12 issues and tell a story that they want to tell and say, and then we're going to do this and then it's done. You know, stuff like, like old man Logan that got turned into the, the 
the final Wolverine movie. That was a comic run that was off on its own. There was a Scarlet Witch run that went off on its own. Um, you know, they, they do this every once in a while. They get yeah. away from the overall arcs that they're telling that further their characters. And they just, you know, to, to steal a video game parlance, they take a side quest. That's a thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay. Um, I'm going to have to send you some links because, first of all, you are correct. Okay. However, um, there's been a series of videos on YouTube that have been running for maybe two years. It might be a little longer called Girlfriend Reviews. Have you ever come upon these? I think so. Um, I find them particularly hilarious. Okay. Um, I mean, like, you know, they're up and down, but whatever. Um, the young lady who runs that channel loves to call side quests hold up a minute. So in my <laughs> head, I don't, so she's like watching her boyfriend play these stories. And then the guy's like, oh, the guy needs a pan. And she's like, hold up a minute. I need a pan. And then just go and in my head, like, that's all I hear. Now. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that is, that is really what this is. Really and truly like this. You, you, you do not need this for anything going forward except for one movie, which may or may not inform other movies. Uh, you know, you certainly don't need this for anything that's come before. Um, it's nice if you know those notes will help you inform this story for sure. But what we've done here in terms of character exploration is not really going to get addressed again in a movie in a movie there's going to be way too much other shit to do to sit down and talk about grief for 45 minutes okay so i think we're gonna have to get to the the meat of our matter which is the discussion as to what this show is quote unquote about because i feel like that that was one of the things that the internet was ablaze with with this show and complaining and i kind of want to just drown them out as to talking about the oh my god i have to wait every week and i don't know what this show is about (laughs) yet anymore um (laughs) and to all of you i require you all to learn patience so you can wait until the end and just binge it all if that's what you want in your life um or you can just learn to watch a show every week like everyone else did for like five thousand years um but the question as to what this show is about right um and you are like going onto that grief aspect which i feel like that's a part of it that's very much a part of it as to her dealing with the grief of her of her upbringing including the grief of losing her loved one that meaning vision from the you know the thanos war thingy over there (laughs) right that everyone saw before we were at home forever Right. Um, <laughs> that was like five million years ago. Um, and that's one aspect of it. The, the show itself is also, and it could be a transition through this grief, to me is entirely just a transitional, um, a evolutionary um, tale. Like it's, a, it's, it's basically a how character got from point A to point B. Of 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 and I almost want to animification this and say of power level to be like she was a bumbling witchy lady who did some magic but didn't really understand it and now she's a awesome witch lady who understands it and is gonna really fuck you up right, right if you right. get up against her um, and now she don't have any more sad problems but she does but yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm simplifying a lot. But. Yeah, you are, you are. Um, it, so, I mean, I came across a lot of the people grousing about not knowing what this show was about and not knowing, like, who is the big bad and those kinds of things. And every time I saw one of those posts, I said the same thing in my head. I was like, for the love of God, read a fucking book. Because people who listen to your show may not know that's kind of my jam. Um, along with all of the movies we watch and all of the television we watch, I read a shit ton and, you know, I know a lot of people don't read for fun these days, but that's the nature of a book is that it's not going to tell you its entire idea and its entire plot in the first two chapters. It's just not the way it works. Unfortunately, people who watch television and who watch go to movies, they want it all, you know, in the synopsis 
you know, underneath, you know, I would, I used to say on the back of the box. Now I would say something like underneath the panel on your TV screen, they want the synopsis and want to be able to understand everything right before they get into it. That's why this thing is more like a book is that it took its sweet ass time showing its hand and telling you what it was really about because it really sold itself as Scarlet Witch is going to do some tripping through some TV. Like that was the entire way it was sold. We're going to, we're going to Dick Van Dyke this shit and we're going to Brady Bunch this shit and we're going to full house this shit and shenanigans will ensue. But by the time you get to the end of that third episode, it is blatantly clear. This is going to be a show about something a lot darker. And yeah, this is a story of grief. This is specifically a story of one person going through the five stages of grief almost to the episode. So in that regard, talking about this show being about grief and about the five stages of grief, I think, as I've said, I think that's a part of it. My issue with that being the full stop of the conversation is very much that I feel like this is a show about grief, but they thought they had to include a bunch of other nonsense that wasn't really that and I'm not talking specifically about like the TV tripping thing because that's just a that's just a method of getting to the end point, which was a fun method that I think I like my favorites the the Full House esque episodes mm-hmm. episode that's that's a that's a killer, um, but like even talking about the big bad right, people are asking like who's the big bad like I feel like. You're one of two ilks. You're a feeler where you're the big bad is grief, where the big bad is grief that she's coming to terms with, or the big bad is our neighbor lady who does witch powers, right? Um, and the fact that this show, like, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible not to have all of these things in it and do it well. I feel like, and we've seen this in many pieces of media, many films, many movies, many TV shows, many books, where grief is the whole point and the whole process that the show goes through. And that is a powerful thing for a show to take on, right? And I feel like in the moments in which this show attempts to take that on, it actually does it well. My... My well, problem I mean, is that we have all these other things going on where it feels like, oh no, we need to make shooty laser things for children. <laughs> um, okay, that like I mean, that is the thing is, you know, this show wants to have its cake and eat it too. Like the show cannot just stay inside the hex. And right now, somewhere in the universe, Darcy is happy that I just called it the hex. Um, the show cannot is not content. To stay within the hex, it needs to come outside of the hex and bring us sword, bring us back to Jimmy Woo, bring us back to Darcy and introduce Monica Rambo as a grown up. And that is where it sort of starts to thin like you can. It, it's an interesting inclusion that they bring in Monica Rambo having to deal with the the return her her returning out of the blip. And I, and and I'm I'm still trying to get my hands my my mouth around calling it the blip because we called it the snap for a year and apparently that's wrong. Um, that that's something interesting in its own right. But this entire mushigas of sword and them, you know, trying to shut it all down and do what they do, it distracts really from this world that Wanda has built for herself because really and truly the villain in this is Wanda. Like you can say what you want about Agatha egging her along and trying to, trying to coax her power and trying to push her to be bigger and bigger. But the, all of these people being taken hostage, this entire world being set up, it's all because of Wanda and Wanda not wanting to process her grief properly until shit starts going sideways. I mean, yeah, and that is that's a fascinating read on a character that we've that we've spent time with. I find it I find it interesting. Like this is one of the few things I really love about comic books and like the ways they play with characters is how they can just pick up a side character and someone can say, I'm gonna do a thing for a month for like six months 
and they can like completely flesh out a whole thing on them. There was like a whole story I remember reading um, on, I think his name was Mr. Kite in like a, he's like an offshoot Batman villain guy. Kite, Kite man. Yeah. Kite man. Right. And like some guys going off and doing a ridiculous side story with him, which comic comic books, as you say, have books have the time to do this sort of thing where they can go off and do this for like six to eight months. Um, And here, however, like you barely ever see this sort of work done in the films, like as much as they have, they've had um, 20, 28 releases in the Marvel universe where it probably wrecks. It probably racks up to like a day and a half of movie watching, but they still don't have time to flesh out a lot of characters. You just kind of go like, she does witchy things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they do, but they're the thing is they can't they can't linger, right? Like it it's the kind of thing like I think about something like, um, you know, Endgame did a lot of this part like part of the reason why Endgame is is three hours long is because a its final battle takes forty five minutes. But B, because they've got everybody talking out their shit um, and and coming to grips with the fact that the world has just, you know, like Endgame is another movie that's a lot about grief. But, you know, Endgame took like, I don't know, four or five minutes and data and, and handed it over to Thor and his mom. Right. Which is it's fantastic. And it really it's the kind of thing that I latch on to in these stories, not so much the big fights, although they're neat, but these little conversations it gave Thor and his mom five minutes to talk about failure and how that can lead to depression. Wanda got like 45 minutes to really get into that shit. And the reason why is because this property doesn't need to worry about turning over cinemas and, you know, people buying popcorn. They can take all the bloody time they want and get into this shit because they have it. The, 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 like you're saying the 23 movies, they just straight up don't have the time. And sometimes that's actually a deterrent or sorry. Sometimes that's a detriment to these movies. Like in the last movie, we lost like a member of the core six mid movie just died, sacrificing herself for, for the mission had no time to talk about that. No time at all. We, we stood at the lake for a minute. They, grumbled and bitched and then they, they cried got back into the they fight. cried a little bit yeah, they were like a little bit need you don't they're like don't bring yeah. it back <laughs> yeah yeah we can't but yeah they, they just they basically just like articulated that it was not able to be undone and then back into the mission we go just you know they don't they don't have the time they they don't have the time for this shit so i think i think that's one of the reasons why these stories are going to be Various different things. Like if somebody comes away from this thinking, holy shit, Marvel just did a deep dive on on family and depression and grief and love and yada, 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 and goes into Falcon and the Winter Soldier thinking they're going to get more of that. I have got a bad surprise for you because the odds of this happening every time they tell one of these stories is slim to zero. But this time around. Yeah, that Falcon one looks like a straight up shooty show. Um, I'm hoping Loki will have some fun shenanigans. Who knows? I mean, the beauty right. of it is there. There's all sorts of things they can do when they're not worried about bringing in two hundred million dollars a shot. You know, they're like, we're shit. We're gonna do six hours dedicated to Hawkeye. You know, <laughs> that's that's absurd in its own right. First of all, but it's gonna be so much fun because they're not gonna be worried about just bringing in loot. So, okay, let me ask you a quick question. Um, do you think this comes down to the streaming versus TV, the cable discussion? Because when you talked a lot about the TV shows that Marvel was licensing out to that that of ABC, the Agents of Shield, the um, the Inhumans, the Runaways stuff, where they were that those shows that were made, they were made very much in the vein of what cable television tele- shows are made like. They're made like. Um, criminals of the week baddies of the week you got to solve the mystery you're gonna we we occasionally have like a season-long arc story that gets resolved like in the last two episodes and boom bada boom we have a few fun characters having fun um but that model was all built around the concept in which they have to fight for eyeballs on the from the next stations every week so they have to make the stories in certain ways 
here with the streaming service concept, like people have bought into your service. They don't really care if you watch the thing as long as you stay subscribed. Right. So yeah. like they just throw on more content. Um, so that in that way, are you, it frees the the maker of the content themselves to like be a bit more radical to do something like this as opposed to what TV production generally would be like. There, um, there's a bad movie that has a good quote, um, and it's uh, from a few years ago, the the Ridley Scott trashy film, The Counselor, where Brad Pitt says, they've heard of coincidence, they've just never seen one before. I, I use that quote a lot. Um, <laughs> this could be a big coincidence that their storytelling took a jump because I, you know, we could pick all kinds of holes in one division as a, as a story, but I don't think you'll hear a whole lot of people saying that as far as what Marvel television has done over the last 10 years, that this is not, if not the best, then certainly within the top three, as far as the shows they've done. Um, the odds of that being a coincidence are slim. I think either they're, you know, enjoying the extra money they're getting out of people to pay to watch this, as opposed to having to share the money with Hulu or ABC or Netflix when it was shows for those, or they're enjoying, um, you know, being able to have their players contracts include these kinds of projects as well, because now they're writing that right into the, the legalese. Um, or, I mean, it's just been 10 years and they're ready to start taking some gambles, you know, like if this show had to come out after that first Avengers movie, or certainly after that second Avengers movie, when it actually kind of made a little bit more sense, um, it might've played more like daredevil or more like, uh, runaways or something like that. It wouldn't have been this. What was, what was the, the girlfriend word again? I'm gonna get this. <laughs> um, hold up a minute, hold up a minute. It wouldn't have been a hold up a minute. You know, it would have been more like, like Agatha would have clearly been the villain. They probably would have unveiled that after three or four weeks. And, you know, they would have set it up that they could have potentially done another season. Um, so it is possible that it, this is all a coincidence that now that they're doing their own stuff on their own platform, that the shit is better and they're taking more risks or they're just realizing what they've got in terms of not having to share the pie and they're throwing more talent at it. That is definitely a possibility. And I love, I love so much for you to admit that the counselor is a bad movie. That's terrible. I love it, but it's terrible. <laughs> oh, I've never gone back to that thing and I never will. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care how much you like to r remind me of the windshield scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the best looking bad movie I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, this show. Um, guys, Paul Bettany, he's good at the acting thing, right? He's he's up there like i tell you that i love that um the episode the the full house episode and i was just going back to it and i was watching a clip of the basically the post credit but not really post credits it's like the the in show credits where she's trying to end the vision show right um where he basically they finally have a argument yeah um an argument and you, like it's it's the thing. It's the thing that we all love. We love these showy scenes where people are like acting in a very emotive manner. Like it's one thing to do like the calm, but I mean, Paul Bettany in that whole sequence is just a joy. Like watching Paul Bettany in the show. I know Wanda did a lot, but let's. I want to talk about Paul Bettany for a moment. In those Dick Van Dyke episodes, his his Dick Van Dyke is on point, right? Him with the magic show, oh my goodness! Like, like, big... <laughs> um, like this show knows how to have fun with its chick it's made, which is something I can I deeply appreciate. Um, it's I love people who just invent style, just inject style into all of their their thing they're making, and this show was that to a T. 
until it got to the end where it just turned into like a regular shooty show. Well, even like I mean, even in the even in the end, it it does a lot of things in the end. The problem is that it has laid down a lot of things over six hours that it doesn't necessarily have time to entirely pick up. Um, or to, uh, just, it, it, it decided not to pick everything back up. I don't, I don't entirely know why the, the, the ending is a little bit bumpy, but I don't think the ending is bad. Uh, that episode that you're talking about, we should be clear. It's a combination of full house and family ties. Um, it's a little bit more family ties than it is full house. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it's it's when the show gets uh, a little bit more modern. It's it's funny to think of something now that's thirty years old as quote unquote more modern, but we're like you know we're out of we're very much out of like the deep past and creeping towards the modern sensibility. Um, and yeah, we see in that show in that episode, it's when we really get Vision starting to push back. You know, he's seen the weird things going on. Like they've already, he's already, she's already given birth to the twins over the course of 24 hours. Um, he's seen, you know, that, that beekeeper pop up and, and that kind of thing. So he knows that something's weird. Um, his, his consciousness is finally kicking in and you get now this marriage of Paul Bettany, the conscience. Cause he really like vision really was the conscience in a lot of those movies that he was in and Paul Bettany, the doofus, uh, you know, it's very clear that everybody who makes this show saw and loves a knight's tale and wants him to be a doofus. Oh, I mean, it's it's almost illegal for us to mention that without Douglas on this episode. Ah, uh, sorry, Douglas. Like, like Douglas is like the number one fan of a, of knight's, a knight's tale. tale. <laughs> Man's got taste. Um, yeah, Paul Bettany. Like, the, you know, Marvel kind of lucked out with bringing together Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Like they really do have a wonderful chemistry together. It should not work. You know, a, a, a Sokovian teenager and an Android should not exactly give you the feels. Um, but it does. Uh, and they, like you say, like those early stories where they were really, side tangents like you know they they weren't the a story they weren't even really the b story they were maybe fighting for the c story turned into something happening in the background that you could then you know broaden out into a whole story of all its own and it is definitely uh a testament to both olsen and paul bettany I mean, I have been on the train of complaining about Olsen being stuck in the Marvel machine for the last X number of years because I remember seeing her in Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene and being like, oh, she's going to be great. And then she immediately gets into the Marvel machine and I'm like, well, that's over. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, we all love these movies. We all love these these properties. Um, one episode to another, we'll decide on our favorites and our least favorites. Um, but like, Wanda hasn't really had a good cut before this show. I feel like everything, as you said, she's been fighting for the B and C stories in a lot of the movies she's appeared in. Um, I think the biggest storyline they got before this was their introduction in the Ultron movie where they would talk about their origin and like the stuff they would do as bad people. Yeah. Um, kind of things with the death of her brother and such. Um, but this show, like you talk about the grief and I think, I think my biggest upsetness about the grief isn't necessarily the concept of the grief, how it, how it, um, brings a part into this movie, into the show. Um, how it, how it, um, how it shows itself through the character. My complaint has always has been the exposition of it all. And specifically like the explanation episode, the, the, the penultimate episode where um, Agatha is t walking Wanda through her life to say, explain to me your sadness. Right. Um, where like, and I feel, especially as you go through that episode, 99% of all of that explanation if you've been watching the Marvel things, you've seen them all. Like, I don't know anyone who saw Ultron and saw her brother die who watches that and goes, oh, she brushed that off. She's she's okay. 
Well, we, when she talks about being under the under the Stark thing, which the Stark bomb, yeah. being like, "Oh, that didn't bother her. She's she's above that." <laughs> right, but this is the thing: is that uh, first of all, as far as uh, Elizabeth Olsen is concerned, uh, if you're looking for a good movie of hers, check out Wind River uh, that she does with uh, Jeremy Renner. Oh yeah, that's, I did love that one. It's a very good movie. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know we we've been we've been eating these cheeseburgers for 10 years that we haven't really ever given a whole lot of thought to what is happening you know and yeah on the surface um you know seeing her react to pietro getting killed in ultron or hearing her articulate the bomb falling on both of them when they were children in that same movie, or certainly her watching this newfound love of hers die uh, twice before getting wiped out herself. We should have clicked in that these are all deep, deep, deep traumas. But this is the thing is we've been conditioned that these characters do not actually suffer trauma. You know, like the, the 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 very concept that Captain America needs a break for mental health is just not in the language of these movies. Um, so we did really need it spelled out. We did need to take forty five minutes and really walk through this shit. Literally, that this the this muck that this one girl has been going through pretty much her entire life and constantly trying to make heads or tails of it is. Yeah, it is. It's almost like a clip show. Like it's kind of crazy because given all of the other television tropes that this uh, series winks at, it never really took a shot at a clip show, which people who might not once upon a time when television stretched over 22 episodes, especially sitcoms, to fill things in, if if the writers really didn't want to do the work one week, they would do what was called a clip show and they would kick back to just commonalities through the course of the run. So if it was, um, you know, full house, you would see like incident after incident after incident of like Joey doing impressions, Uncle Joey doing impressions. Um, and it was a thing for the longest time. Like you would all like any sitcom you watched once every few seasons, you'd get just a clip show and this, it would be this little space filler. And, and now in the age of no reruns and now in the age of shorter seasons, that's just not a thing anymore, but that's kind of what that penultimate episode is, is a clip show of what this woman has gone through and really dropping us into those moments that so far have only been given lip service, you know, and when you're in these moments, it's like, holy shit, this is some dark. Th- this is just this is just absolute misery that this girl has come through. It's kind of amazing that she hasn't gone, you know, full cray cray on everybody already, given what she's been through. Yeah, but and and you talk earlier about um respecting the the viewer the reader by saying that we don't have to show you the big bad in the first two chapters we can wait until the back half to like do this so have your patience Mm -hmm. but i'm on the other half of this for this medium as to how it's presenting the story to me and when it gives me an episode where i'm like all right we now have a clip episode those are the episodes i skipped right <laughs> like as we've gotten into this this like into this medium of like now being able to skip episodes or or back in the day when it would be on our tv sit- sets and we would be like tuning in with our rabbit ears like that's the one where i'd be like all right i guess i can go and like read the rest of that book rather than yeah. watching this i've seen all these clips before yeah. um and like it i understand that for the people who a aren't caught up it would be helpful for them to see this background and to understand these things as grief. What I don't understand, and more to the point, I'm just like, you guys are silly, is for the people who are like, oh, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> I mean, like, the thing is, at the very least, all of the background that we're given is new background. Like, you know, Marvel doesn't have the huevos to fill in one of nine 
piddling episodes entirely with stuff we've already seen. Like I think that would have had people running riot. Um, it expands upon what we've seen. It illustrates things we've been told and shows us how we got here. Like when we left this woman off, she was standing on a dock and already starting to mourn this per this being, I want to say a man, but he's not really a man, but mourning this being that she had, that had sacrificed himself for humanity. Um, you know, a, a bit, a little bit of shit's happened ever in between then and now. And we needed to actually go see what she had done, how she had done it and, and really get into the nuts and bolts of how did the hex come to be? So that like, it's not all just deep background. Like it really does fill in some of the things of how we got here. Um, it just, it really wants to take its time and underline the, the shitty, shitty life that Wanda has led up until now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does fill in a few gaps here and there. Um, most of which I feel were, well implied and they're just kind of being um explicit about it it's it's fine but yeah like i don't know what more to say about that whole thing like it just wasn't my jam it's just like it's 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 one of those moments in a movie where you're like i feel i feel disrespected but i feel like i don't think i'm smart but enough no but that's the thing it's not a movie right this is a book and in this book you know the the antagonist not even the villain, but the antagonist who has been nudging this madness along finally says, all right, let's talk about this and figure it out how the shit you have managed to do this. Because if you don't even know how you're doing this, we got to take a minute and get into this shit. You know, that is, and, and it's funny because I'm getting the impression that that was the moment where you were on the fence. This episode was where I went all in. This episode was the one that like, most notoriously dropped the line about grief that, that half the internet lost their minds and half the internet just wanted no part of. And I was part of that. I was, <laughs> I was part of that first half. Um, I was part of that first half. And it, that that's the thing is, is this episode, it wants to explore how it is that this, source of great power is either glitching out or just doing what it's not supposed to do. You know, and that that's the thing is like we have heard little cookies here and there of, of this story up until now about how powerful Wanda is. And this was kind of the moment where we're like, okay, she's so powerful that she doesn't even understand the extent of what she can do. And if you know she gets into this kind of headspace she's liable to do just about anything up to and including creating a whole neighborhood just to keep herself away from everyone. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if we're talking about like superhero power creep, this show like power creep the shit out of, out of, out of Wanda. Um, and it's one of those things where like you go into these shows and because at this stage of them, I generally just think of them as quote unquote superhero movies. I think of them as, as much as they break away, like how we talk about in this book, in this, in this TV show and they, they go and they have their like tiny narrative. Um, it's, it's interesting that at the end of it, they still have to bring in the superhero power creep at the end. Yeah, but I mean, the thing there is at the end of this all, you know, we we do still get a smackdown to to end it because uh, the uh, the odds of Wanda and Agatha talking out their problems are slim to zero. Uh, that's just the nature of the beast. She's but, just like, oh, you you witch too? Yeah, all right, cool, cool, all right. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's funny because I I did see an awful lot of people talking about, oh my god, I can't believe that after all of that we just went and had ourselves a forty five minute smackdown, and we didn't really. Um, you know, it it it's not. This is not on a lot. Like when I think about a long smackdown to end a movie, I think about something like um, Batman versus Superman. You know, where they they really just like tear the city apart for half an hour. Um, and just keep on creating more and more and more carnage. Even the movie that spawned these characters, Age of Ultron, 
had a very, very long destroying of a city to end its story. That's not really what this was. This was that there were two fights going on and, and they were really kind of self-contained. And the second of the two, the one between Agatha and Wanda had this other interwoven metaphor of, you know, if you don't want this, give it to me. This idea of if you don't want this grief, if you don't want what you are now because you are somebody different and there's just no escaping that I'll take it. Right. And, and that's, and that's the thing is like, she's they're, they're throwing power back and forth. And at the end of it, it's just here, take it all. And it, there's, there's more, you know, it's, I always say that with these stories, if you can get past the silly headdresses and the silly capes and listen to what they're saying and watch what they're saying, there's a lot more baked in. And, and that last little bit of foolishness, along with the fact that you get a really great, you know, if you love Paul Bettany, by the time you get to the end of the show, you get two Paul Bettany's and they don't just kick the shit out of each other. They decide to solve their problem with logic. My God, man. Oh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever. Oh, it's no. so dumb. No. I love it so much. That was fantastic. That was, I loved that so much. I was so happy. That He's was like there. one plus one equals, yes, you're right. Infinity. Yeah. We're, we're on the same yeah. page. Cool. And then off he goes. You know, there's no destruction. There's no, like, nobody wins. One just decided to peace out and quit. Um, I, can't, I can't wait for Avengers 4 where he's back and he's like, I'm Vision again. Yeah, and they're like, eh. um, You know, that, that's the thing is, is and, and the, the show didn't just end with the fight. Like, the show then took another 15 minutes and started to tie off all of these emotional beats. And that's, you know, that that's the thing is like any, any good book you read doesn't end with the fight. Like there's always at least a chapter or two after that to let everybody gather and walk away. I was raising my hand, but cause I clicked the wrong button. All right. um, <laughs> the, the final fight of this show, like, it's it's a it's a wizard fight it's whatever um the the thing that you get to the the walking away and the talking things out like like eventually the end of the show becoming what what i've decided is which is the evolution which is elizabeth olsen taking on this grief wanda taking on this grief and coming to acceptance so that she can then grow right which is its own its own tale which basically turns her into the scarlet witch which you know you can name off 20 comics that i have not read about the scarlet witch um that will that will better inform what's going on here but whatever um the that is where the show decides to take it like it uses the grief as a vehicle to evolve her into a better superhero not as a better person but a better superhero right the show considers wanda as a person for eight episodes right until we get to the end where it evolves her as a superhero right well i mean this and this is the thing is where this show has decided to leave itself off is we don't we really don't know um what's gonna happen now um you know like it's i don't think that the next time we see wanda and we're supposed to see her next year in another movie i don't think the next time we see her she's gonna be the kind of uh you know i want to say hero but right now we don't even know if we can call her a hero anymore i don't know if she's gonna be the kind of um capable person the kind of mutant the kind of um meta human that is necessarily going to be on the side of, of protecting people, right? That this is the thing is we don't know who she is about to turn into. We know that she has now accepted her grief and she is dealing with it. But the reality of the fact is there are some times where people don't come back from that. You know, there are some times where people take a long time, even when they've come to acceptance, to really understand who it is they're supposed to be. She has just unlocked the full extent of her 
of of her powers. Like, you know, thanks Agatha. You've now told this woman that she's way stronger than she gives herself credit for. And you gave her the instruction manual where before she was just winging it. We don't know what she's coming back as, you know, that, that I think that's an interesting thing is it didn't leave this off as her strolling back into the Avengers compound and ready for the next mission. Um, you know, she's, she's got more shit to deal with. The, this was not the end of this journey. Yeah. Um, it's, it's WandaVision. I'd like to say a good swing. It like, it's, it's what you, you, what baseball people would say. That's like a, it's like a 250 average at bat. No, like they did well. Like they, not- <laughs> they, they, they did better. Now, listen. Uh, you know, I've been I've been waxing poetic about this for a long time, but I we, we I, I will cop to a couple things that this movie does um, poorly. It's not a movie. Uh, it's, uh, this this story, yeah, nicely done. This story does poorly. Um, it 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 never entirely gets a grip on the whole sword angle. Um, we have no idea why the head of sword wants to be an evil guy and crush somebody who's been a hero up until now. Uh, we, Hydra. maybe, probably, possibly, um, we have an interesting, but ultimately unfulfilling arc with Monica Rambo. Um, who is, I'd just like to let you know for like half of that show. I didn't realize that was Lieutenant trouble. Oh, come on. Why are we friends? I didn't write. I didn't, I didn't like, pick you, it up. I didn't pick it up. No excuse. <laughs> you have no excuse. I, I think it wasn't until I saw a tweet from Matt Brown where I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the character who we last saw as a 10-year-old girl in Captain Marvel shows back up in this movie as, as a full captain in the uh, U.S. Air Force. Um, and who was blipped out of existence, comes back and her mom's dead. Um, she's playing in the background of, of what's happening outside. She's, she's kind of this force of nature that, that sword is not entirely using all that well. And the, the story's use of Monica Rambo as a character and her evolution in this show is dodgy. Like it's really just a reason to set her up for more things to come to basically power her up and give her a little bit of a reason to be there. You know, like the commonality that they both have grief in their, in not even, you know, in their windshield, in their dashboard is an interesting one, but the show never fully plays with it. And that so like that, that's the thing where the show fails. The, the whole inclusion of Monica Rambo is, or, uh, is not, fully explored the way that the show has explored a lot of other things. Um, and then we haven't really talked about this. The the other thing that the show, I think blunders is they bring in Evan Peters to po we, we call it like he poses as Pietro. We ultimately learn he is not Pietro. We start calling him Pietro, fake Pietro. Um, and he kind of is supposed to sort of kind of be Wanda's brother or some manifestation of Wanda's brother brought back. We ultimately learn that that is a complete red herring. Okay, fine. If you want to do that, do that. But don't bring in the guy who played this character in another universe. Cause that I think is where you're starting to fuck with people. And that's exactly what they did. They brought in the same character from Fox's X-Men movies and were leading you to believe that he was some refraction of, you know, Aaron, the Aaron Taylor Johnson character we met before only to have it be, you know, one of Agatha's puppets. That was the point where I was like, okay, this is bullshit. Not because I necessarily want that. Like, I don't care, but you've already you you've painted this picture. Like you've sketched this out either run with it or sketch a different picture. It was one of the biggest, biggest casting flexes they've made in this show. It was ridiculous. I adored it. It was so dumb. And I love even the explanation even more because it's so stupid. Um, 
people people have been begging for Marvel to ad, to adhere to the X Men world now that they know that they've bought Fox, yeah. right? And to fold them in somehow and bring in an X Men movie and do all of these things. I don't give a shit. This is ridiculous, and that is amazing. <laughs> it's the kind of joke I would have made if someone gave me the Marvel world to write with. I mean, it could have been the thing. The thing is, it could have been a flicker of a joke. You didn't need to run him a whole four episode arc. Like you very easily could have done this as some sort of a weird cameo, you know, like that. That's the thing. I was like all of those characters and all of the actors who have ever played them. They're all, they're all fair game now. So, you want to like put them in the background or you want to put them in your little after credit scenes or whatever. Sure. Go ahead. But to bring him in that deeply into the fray and kind of make it sort of kind of seem like it's, you know, it's him from the multiverse and she's really fucking things up only to have it play as it's an actor named boner. I'm like, okay, now you're really just flipping a finger. Now they're now they're being ridiculous, um, which you know they've gotten to be from time to time. Not so often because you know, like the Joker, people take things too seriously. Yeah. So yeah, like though you know, it's it's. I would never sit here and say that it's the best thing that Marvel Entertainment has ever done. It's up there. It is. It is really, really high up there um, because they had the time, because they had the scope. Um, and because they just had the balls to do this after 10 years of cranking out blockbusters. As I said, it's definitely a very, it's a, it's a, it's a swing. I didn't expect to see them do right. Even with the stylistic stick of the TV show things, which is probably my favorite of this whole thing, which is just watching them go through TV TV type of TV show being made era to era. Um, when they got to the modern day, like almost documentary style where they're interviewing the person, I'm like, oh, this is so, this is so, what, why do people do this? And they, they even had her like talking to basically no one. They admitted that she's just like talking to thin air or whatever. Um, I'm just like, oh, this is perfection. Well, um, I mean, like that, that is, that, that, that was the thing I did enjoy was that it, when it committed to this bit of we're going to go with different, um, you know, different uh, styles of television shows, like everybody kind of thought that they were going to tap out with that, um, that full house uh, uh, family ties episode. But when they kept running with it through a little bit of Malcolm in the middle and then right up until like modern family slash the office, I mean, you know, you talk about Paul Bettany and watching Paul Bettany go full Jim Halpert was a lot of fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, watching them go Malcolm in the Middle was a lot of fun. Yeah. A show that I've seen like random episodes on TV of, but never really paid too much attention to. Yeah. Oh, but like really and truly the odds that any of the other shows that are that are slated to come go this deeply into the emotional core of a character, especially considering that some of these are introducing entirely new characters is slim to zero. So if this is what people are going to hold as the bar for any other show or what they start to expect, there's going to be a lot more disappointment because you are not going to get this kind of emotional complexity out of, you know, moon Knight, for instance. Oh, don't, don't, don't threaten my moon night. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. I'm uh, there's listen, all of these properties that they've got coming up. I'm really excited top to bottom. I'm excited to spend whatever it is like four or five hours with Ironheart. I'm certainly ex- excited to spend some time with Miss Marvel and watch what Rhodey gets and up she to. Hulk. Armor. Well, yeah, all of them. They're all going to be a lot of fun, but they're not, they're, they're none of them are going to get into this kind of, psychological and emotional depth and we're gonna get the weirdest part is is like i i know i've not read that much moon knight but the one moon knight i've read was a really trippy moon knight so that's my moon knight in my head right right. (laughs) so i'm like so i'm like that one lends itself to be trippy (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It, like this was not supposed to be the first one out of the gate. The, the Falcon and winter soldier was supposed to be first. Um, thank you COVID cause it messed with their production and they had to flip them. Uh, so now this is the one we got that is now like set the bar for everything else to come and everything else to come. I promise you, if we sit down and do this kind of episode next year, talking about stuff like Loki and Miss Marvel and what if, and all these other ones that are mapped out, um, there's no way that they're going to play the same way and possibly as well as one division has played. That's entirely possible. But anyways, Ryan, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks to talk man. About one division, not one division, one division. I'm going to keep running that gag until I think it's not funny anymore, which is probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, you can be found over at the matinee.ca. This is true. Where they find all of your podcasting nonsense or the greatness. Uh, Sometimes it goes it goes either way. Yeah, it's it's really a mixed bag. <laughs> this episode will probably go up on Mondays. We didn't even talk about Catherine Hahn. I love Catherine Hahn too much. Who could have been here for? Who could have been here for?